Hi, everyone. This is Terry Harden, Walt Disney's legendary Imagineer. I don't know if I'm going to tell you stories of uh, Michael Jackson or things like that, but I can guarantee you it's going to be a lot of fun. So please come, please listen, and hear what I have to say and how much I love you on the amazing Stories of the Magic. Welcome to Stories of the Magic, an unofficial Disney podcast with your host, Randy Crane. Hear stories from Disney cast members, Imagineers, artists, and more right here on Stories of the Magic. And now, here's your host, Randy Crane. Welcome to episode 136 of Stories of the Magic. I'm Randy, your host. Thank you for joining me. If you're new to Stories of the Magic, we are a positive and story-filled Disney podcast offering stories from cast members, Imagineers, artists, actors, and more, including guests, promoting a mutual love of Disney, celebrating and preserving the Disney magic and legacy, and inspiring people to live their dreams just as Walt Disney did. If that appeals to you or piques your curiosity, you're definitely in the right place, and I'm glad you're here. Today we conclude our three-part interview with legendary Disney Imagineer Terry Harden, recorded in person in her studio. In part one, Terry shared her first assignment in Imagineering, what Halloween was like at Walt Disney Imagineering, some advice for you and me if you want to work for Disney, becoming a Muppeteer, and more. In part two, we talked about some of the other things Terry's done, forensic sculpting, a couple of the people she's worked with, a very special experience with her favorite singer, and of course, much more. Now in this episode, Terry talks about the rest of the story of finally getting hired by Disney, learning hard lessons, what inspires her, including a great story about her dog, her advice to you for following your dream, and of course, shameless plug time. Now a brief word from a fellow podcaster and friend, then it's time to turn the page and continue this story. Have you ever experienced uncontrollable bouts of geekdom? If so, the Anomaly podcast may be right for you. In clinical studies, Anomaly's interviews, convention reports, commentary on geek culture, games, sci-fi and fantasy television, literature, and film provided a feeling of fullness while promoting health for optimal geekiness. The Anomaly podcast is not suitable for all people. Only geekily active cool chicks with a healthy sense of humor should listen. Geekily active cool guys should listen too. Anomaly has resulted in sudden fits of squee. Broad smiles may appear without warning and could become permanent. The most common side effects of Anomaly are unconsciously joining in the Gamma Quadrant golf clap out loud at work to the amusement of coworkers and attempting to interject opinions aloud to hosts who can't hear the listener. But in all cases, the benefits outweigh the risks. Ask your anomaly if you're healthy enough for entertainment of this caliber. You don't need a doctor's messy handwriting to obtain a free subscription. Anomaly is available over the counter at Stitcher Radio and in the iTunes, Zune, and Blackberry stores. You can also stream episodes of Anomaly and Anomaly Supplemental at anomalypodcast.com. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y podcast.com. 
Just one one-hour episode provides 24 hours of relief and never leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Music by JewelBeat.com And now, this week's interview on Stories of the Magic. Disney takes three months to hire me. Three months to make up your mind. Come on. You're looking at my portfolio going, wow, where have you been all our lives? And still you take three months to figure out whether you want me there. And I'm trying to hang on. Have you done that where the job you love, but you're starving? You have to pay the bills, but they're going to call. You know they're going to call, but good grief, what's taking so long? So I get a call from Dolly Parton. Dolly didn't actually call me her team did. And she said, Terry, I need you to come and work for me for two weeks. This is the person Dolly would like you to come and work for her on a Christmas show for two weeks. And I said, that's perfect. I can do Dolly Parton's for two weeks and not jeopardize my Disney thing. And then Disney called me up and they said, okay, we're ready for the ninth interview. And I'm like, and they plan it smack dab in the middle of Dolly Parton Christmas special. And I say, I'm sorry, I've already accepted Dolly Parton's invitation. And they go, well, if you can't come to the interview, you're out. And I lose it. Remember I told you, passionate. So I start yelling at him over the phone. You no wonder you're in fantasy land. You guys live in fantasy land. You gotta get a clue. And I'm just really <laughs> laying into them. And I said, uh, well, have a nice life. And I hung up. And two days later, they hired me. And when they hired me, I said, well, if all I had to do is get mad at you, I should have done that three months ago. You know, I'd have done it. Just, oh, you people, you know, so it's really funny how, how stuff occurs, you know, and you say to yourself, I mean, you could get mad and maybe they wouldn't hire you. But at that point I was so, what more do you need me to do? Yeah. And then I walk in my first day to the, uh, shop where the rocks, where I'm going to be sculpting the rocks and doing Big Thunder is going to be my first project. And they all come, oh my God, we're so glad that they hired you. And you look at them like they've been smoking some <laughs> because it's, you know, so uh, they said, you were their number one pick. And I go, funny, nobody told me that. And they were like, we were just praying that they would hire you. We kept saying, you've got to give us that girl. And it was because I was really fast. Um, at the medium, we worked in foam. So we, I was really fast because I'm in the film industry. So I sculpted for the film industry and the film industry. When somebody says, we've got a sculpting project, Terry, you got to get on it. How much time have we got? Well, the deadline has passed. So the sooner you can get it done, the better at Disney, they go nine months. We have nine months and you go up. What am I going to do for nine months? You know? <laughs> I was going to finish tomorrow. <laughs> I was going to do this in a couple of days. Now I got to stretch it out, you know? <laughs> And, uh, and it, and that's so that was one of the reasons I was really, really fast. I remember time when they, I think they were going to let me go. They were thinking of, of letting me go because I was this girl. I was quirky. I put music on and dance to it and sculpt or something. And I got in a fight with my first guy. So they were probably thinking, you know, if we could find another sculptor as fast as her, we could, you know, get rid of her. That would be kind of nice. Cause she's a little weird. And, <laughs> and my friend, uh, the amazing Carrie Howe was just like me, a really fast sculptor. And they loved him, but he didn't like working there. He just didn't like it. And he kept leaning over to me going, I'm sorry, Terry, I don't like it. I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling the magic. I need to go. And I go, well, um, I think they're going to let me go so you can stay because we're 
pretty fast, both of us. And you're, you're a little faster. And I think if they have to decide between us, I think they're going to tip their hat to me. And he goes, oh, that's not going to happen. And he went in and he quit. Oh, wow. Yeah, he went in and I'm gone. And they went, oh, you know. But that was him. You know, that's the thing. When you're in the movie industry as a sculptor, no, nothing is permanent. Mm -hmm. You know, you are bouncing from job to job to job to job as the movies and films end. So we're used to that. But Disney was not used to that when they opened their doors to film industry sculptors to help them get Paris back on track. They were not ready for the attitudes of movie people. You know, if they would say, well, if you don't do this, we're going to let you go. And the person would say, fine. What? What do you mean fine? Well, you know, it is what it is. I will do this, but I won't do this. You know, I'll work for this many hours mm -hmm. for pay. Otherwise, I'm going home. And, and if it's not to your liking, Disney, you have every right to tell me goodbye. And I have every right to say, okay. So that was a little different from what they were used to seeing and experiencing with this wave of movie sculptors who were really, really super fast and really, really super accurate. But also many were not there for the Disney magic. They were there for the job. Mm -hmm. This is my job. This is what I'm doing. And we had a temporary mindset. We don't know how long we're going to be. Yeah, they told us we'd be here for years. Yeah, they told us we might get to go to Paris. But the reality of it is, is nothing's written. Nothing's definite things change as we know in film so our attitudes are very you know we were more like you know whatever if you're not going to pay me in dollars I'll trade for hours so I'll give you extra hours if you give me those hours on the back end you know and they would be like what uh if you weren't getting a per hour wage you were getting a set salary in certain levels that's what you were getting mm -hmm. you say look I I'll give you that 40 hour week but what the movie people would say is We'll, we'll trade in hours. So if we work 41 hours, we get an hour where we don't have to come in. And it's not because we don't want to come in. But can you imagine if you've got people who are asked, and I'm not saying that Disney did this, but I know people agreed to work extra. Mm -hmm. But the problem is when you work extra and you don't put it on your timesheet, then when somebody pulls those records and wants to duplicate that attraction somewhere else, they don't have proper data. Mm -hmm. The data they have on paper is not the data that's real. Right, that makes sense. Yeah, so we in the film industry know you can't do that. Even if we want to do that, you can't do that because it's false data if you're going to do a sequel. If Star Wars had not accounted for what it took to sculpt it, Empire might not have been able to be those three movies had to be really watched because they were lo considered low budget, if mm -hmm. you can believe that, guys. Low budget films that changed the world. Woo! Um, but that's what I'm talking about. So you you might feel the pull to help them out, but you knew you had to be compensated in some way so that the books would balance out, so that everything would be. And it, it doesn't mean that you're policing Disney. You know, I don't want people to think that Disney is like out to like get you because that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is Disney is a corporation and they've got a job to do as well. And so you have to remember that you have a job to do too. And if you agree to do certain things, then the next time they do this attraction, they could, the person would go, I, I allotted the money. 
I allotted the materials. I allotted the hours. Why is it over budget? And one of the reasons could be if they're, if people had put in hours that they didn't account for. Mm -hmm. So we all hear the rumors, whether they're true or not, I can't tell you, but what I can tell you is it's not a good idea to do that because then you've got false data and you can't build again. You can't do a sequel and stuff and expect it not to go over budget. You're kind of putting the person who follows you behind the eight ball. Yeah. And that's not fair to them. So there you go. So yeah. So do I find adversity every day? And you hear a woman say, I'm a woman. I'm adversity every day. Well, I don't care if you're a woman, if you're short, if you're tall, if you're black, if you're white, if you have an overbite, you have an underbite. Someone had some sort of adversity at some point in their life. And you have to decide, am I going to live in adversity world or am I just going to figure a way, take that challenge and see how I can make it work to benefit myself and, and see what happens. You know, sometimes the lessons are so hard. And they hit you so hard that you're left without breath in a corner. You know, you feel like you're cut and bleeding and you can't breathe. And how am I going to get up? And there has to be something deep within you that you pull up or someone you can, can talk to that can help you to pull up or someone you can listen to. I highly recommend Jim Rohn if you haven't heard of him. R-O-H-N, Google him. He's amazing. Um that will just inspire you like you've never been inspired before. Mm-hmm. A farm boy who hid from a Girl Scout because he couldn't afford the $2 box of cookies, pretended he wasn't there. And he took a look at his life and he said, if I'm hiding from a Girl Scout, what does that say about me? Ouch. Mm-hmm. So he's amazing. Jim Rowan. Ooh. Anytime you're down, put something from him in your player mp3 what is it now i say cds but i think they're going away (laughs) i don't know if there's even those anymore (laughs) we're downloading everything now my husband said dvds are dying and i'm like oh they can't be what do we do (laughs) (laughs) i've heard that too and i really hope not no 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 Ah! (laughs) you can't put good art on an mp3 can you i don't know ouch but yeah that's that's yeah so this that's actually a really nice lead in because I'm thinking he might be somebody on your list. Uh, what inspires you? Oh, my goodness. That. Wow. It might take less time to tell me what doesn't inspire. I know. Me. Right. But let's 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 think about what inspires me. And this is going to sound like a kissing your rump question. But every time I meet a Disney enthusiast who smiles at my work and gets excited if she's listening, the woman who picked up my latest sculpture, Jiminy Cricket, and said, I'm so happy that you did this figure because I haven't been able to collect Jiminy Cricket figures since the 90s. That was the last time I got to see one that I wanted to collect. And that hits you like a thunderbolt. Though every time I see the way Disney people and people will go, what's so great about Disney and you go, man, if you have to ask that question, I feel so sorry for you because they are the warmest, joyful. Y'all are the, the most wonderful people. You walk up and you put me on a pedestal, but let me tell you, I'm putting y'all on a pedestal because the joy that I get when I've had a very long day of shaking hands and kissing babies and I got someone who's just like so happy 
that I took two minutes to say hello and say something to their daughter or or they just wanted to meet me because they read a, a story or whatever. Or I just look like I was fun. Whatever reason, I'm I'm so grateful. That's the one person for sure that uh, that inspires me. My dog. I have a terminally ill puppy that I love more than life. And uh, she's got a brain tumor. And she fights every day of her life to stay alive because she's worried about us. You can just see it. In her little face, she's always been the kind of companion that worries about everybody else but herself. Mm -hmm. And every day she gets up, she's blind in one eye. She has trouble walking because this tumor is eating away at her skull. And, uh, and she bumps into things. And sometimes she'll just fall to the ground and secretly in dog language say the F word. <laughs> <laughs> I can just see it. <laughs> and she'll look at me with big round eyes and we know she's. it's time to pick me up. I just hate that you have to pick me up. You know, she only weighs 30 pounds. But she just looks up, oh, I can't, not today. And you pick her up and you set her down and you work with her so that she can eat and she can drink and then everything's a struggle. She She's happy if she can balance herself to do her business. She's so happy. But she's such a fighter that every time I, I think of something that's going to stop me from doing something, I think it's so petty compared to what she's doing. So, I and I know this might not have been an answer that a lot of people think about, but that dog... She is just, she is just phenomenal to me. I, I, wow, what a little fighter. And, um, and so as a result, when I hear other people whining about stuff, I go, you know, you know, wonder people look and think, really? Because you couldn't get the cookie cone instead of the waffle cone. You're going to sit there and complain for an hour because it's not, the ice cream's not in the right cone. You know, you're like, oh, really? Or your eggs aren't quite cooked right, or your milk isn't 2%. It just sounds so whiny. And it sounds, it just sounds silly. And so all of a sudden you go, wow. You know, so that, that her especially, her, she just, she just is amazing. And California inspires me. The the whole I love being a Californian. I think California is one of the rockin' estates in the world and they love everybody. It, well, except for Donald Trump, but then there you go. Uh, <laughs> that's California. He's never going to get them, so just give up. Just pretend we're not even here. Uh go about, you know, move along and and do whatever you're going to do and please don't get us injured. But that that is just amazing too. You know, to to be around just to be around person who just looks up and lights up and being able to help other people do what they want to do. And then there was a man who told me that when you're born, you are a baby and you come out wanting everything. But as a human being, if you can take the towel, let's say the diaper wraps around your waist. But he said, if you take this same diaper and you fold it like a napkin and you put it over your arm and pretend you're a waiter and you say, you start your day with saying, how can I be of service? That your life is always going to be very joyful. And I've taken that to heart. I think that is the one thing that I say to myself, how can I be of service? What little things can I do to make your day better wherever you are? Because as a result, once you do that for someone else, then you feel really good. 
You see how happy they are, you know. Checker in a checkout line. Why they only have one checker during peak season and everybody else is what? Smoking them in the break room or whatever. <laughs> and this poor girl has got something going, why is there only one checker? Why is there only one checker? And you go up and go, gosh, I'm glad you came to work today. What would have happened if you didn't come to work today? What would we do? Wander around the store, lo aimlessly looking for a place to chat. They're laughing. They're cracking. I mean, I'm really glad you showed up because uh, nobody else seems to have wanted to come to work today. You know, <laughs> they just laugh and laugh and they look at you and they go, thank you. You know, and you just, you just, they just look at you and they may not say thank you, but you can just tell by the laughing that they go, oh, that they're ready for that next person who's going to yell at them because what can they do? You know, I'm the one here getting yelled at because there's nobody else here. So I tend to want to do that. Today I was at Costco and guy pulls up behind me and we're at the gas station. Best gas in town, guys. So and they take visa now. So there's no reason to not belong to Costco and not go get their gas. <laughs> 30 to 35 cents difference in price. And it really runs your car. So that's what you got to remember. But anyway, the guy behind me, his card wouldn't work. His Costco card. You have to put the Costco card in first before you can put the payment or you can't get gas there. And I could see that he was having trouble. And so I looked up at him and he said, you're not going to believe this, but my card has expired. And he said, I'm on my last fumes. <laughs> I can pay for it, but I can't authorize it because my card has expired. And it's eight o'clock in the morning. So he said, may I use yours? Said, of course. So, you know, and, and, and he was, and he's on the phone saying, this lady just saved my life. You know, <laughs> he has me the card back. I make sure it's mine. Right. You just, these little simple things are just things that will just make you so happy when you're feeling down. You act as if that's the, you know, you can find ins inspiration every day. You know, every day you can find something that thrills you. We have a raven in our backyard that's got to be the size of a pterodactyl. <laughs> it is the biggest flipping bird we have ever seen. He blocks out the sun and we go, whoop, raven's back. I tell people if you want to see every type of wildlife that is in your area, forget the plants and the pretty flowers. You can have those. But if you want to attract these, have a water source. Mm -hmm. And I have a fountain. You walk by it. Hummingbirds, they have the five o'clock hour. You can see every hummingbird you want ever to match. They bathe here, they drink here, they party here. And then the doves used to come at four o'clock, but that's when the pterodactyl raven shows up. So the doves have had to change their time slot. But it's just a beautiful, it's better than TV. You can sit and stare at your fountain forever. And that's inspiring how you watch nature shift and adjust without fear. Okay, there's a giant bird that will kill me, if I come at four o'clock when he's here, so I'll just come at six when he's gone. You know, <laughs> no problem. You know, <laughs> it's just you can find inspiration everywhere. You know, if you live in Anaheim and Santa Ana area and you go to Disneyland, make sure you get the opportunity to meet Oscar who just retired. Yeah. Uh, I took him to breakfast on Sunday and walking around with him for the afternoon, he decided he wanted to spend the afternoon with me, which was like, are you kidding? Okay. I will make an adjustment. Note to self, make an adjustment. <laughs> and just watch people respond. 
because he's in a polo shirt, not his chef jacket. Uh-huh. He's amazing. So is Oscar Martinez. Look him up on Facebook. His wife, his new wife named June, has set up a Facebook, uh, per, you know, person, what do they call it? Personality page, whatever of him. He, that way he can talk to you and share with you and be with you, even though he's retired. And if you're going to be in the park and he's going to be in the park, then a lot of times you can see him at the restaurant because he goes and has breakfast there. But I purposely invited him to come and have it with me because I was doing an appearance there for some friends that were out of town. So I said, yo, Oscar, I'm going to be there. How about breakfast? And not only did he come, but he spent the morning with me. What an inspirational fella as I met every chef in Disneyland. Every top chef in Disneyland came to shake his hand and he said, do you know Terry? Do you know Terry? And they're like, no, I don't know Terry. Well, Terry, she is Imagineer. Oh, hi. You know, and I love chefs. So just meeting them, Chef Scott, where are you a chef? Right here. Chef John, where are you? I mean, it was cool. So you just never know who's gonna like turn, turn it around for you and, and, uh, and give you some advice. That's, that's great. So yeah, you inspire me because you did a podcast for how many years is it going? What'd you say? Five? About five years. Yeah. Whoa. I mean, I, I was saying before, I'm still trying to upload videos to YouTube. I'm not good at it. So I admire you as well. You inspire me. Well, thank you. I'm glad to know about that page for Oscar. I've got to connect with him. Yes, Oscar Martinez. So just look him up on Facebook and friend him. I'll do that. I want him to get his quota of friends so that he can visit with you on Facebook and not necessarily always do an appearance because, you know, he is getting up in years. But he's going to take the first vacation he's taken in the history of his life coming up, which is such such an exciting thing. Wow. And one of the places he's going to go is Florida. He's never... I think he's been... But his wife has never been. Can you imagine seeing Walt Disney World for the first time? <laughs> wow. That's going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is a tad bear in land. So that's going to be something else. I can't yeah. wait to hear how that goes. But yes, he's, you, you know, hit the message and you can know you can send him a little message and they'll say hi. I couldn't believe it. Wow. It was great. How fun. Yeah. So, and you mentioned not really, you know, never knowing who you might encounter that might give you some advice or something like that. And you've had a lot of advice to share as we've been talking here. Uh, so I almost feel redundant asking this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. And if you want to just boil down maybe your one or two top pieces, uh, you know, a lot of people who are listening have their own dreams. In fact, everybody who's listening has a dream. But for some of those people, they've forgotten it. They've mm-hmm. been told that it's never going to happen. They've been told that it's a stupid idea and they should just forget about it. And it's maybe been locked away for so long that they've almost forgotten that they have it. What would you tell that person? Okay, so I would tell you, there are books on a shelf. You're too old, that book. It's a dumb idea, that book. Why you, that book. I want you to take those books and burn them. Burn every single book that you hear. Because... The voice that you hear that tells you it's ridiculous, it's stupid, it's crazy. They could be someone very close to you who thinks they're doing you a favor. The reality of it is is they're not, and it's never too late. So never give up. Do baby steps. And you have the internet. My 
goodness you have the internet. This is one of the reasons YouTube is eating at me going, upload, it's not that hard. Get with it, sister. Because there's so much opportunity here for you to start a little bit and build and just ignore those who are put on the planet to steal your dream. But also remember that it's not enough to dream. You're going to have to fight for it because those people come out of the woodwork and you have to stand there, feet firmly planted, fist balled up and say, I'm not going to give up. Yes, you're going to get hit. And some of the times the people that hit you are your closest friends and family. And also understand that these people may not come with you. Then you go up and you get closer to your dream. You're going to have to leave some of these people behind. And it's going to be the most painful because a lot of times they're the closest to you, your closest friends, your closest family member. It's so hard to say who that person that's not going to be in your corner may be. And it's going to hurt. And that I'd say are the things that cut me the most is when I ran into a friend that I thought was a 10 and found out they were a minus two. That's mm. ouch. That's, ugh. you know, in your head and your heart, you're saying, I thought that person was a lot more intelligent. How long were they my best friend? Wow. Hmm. You know, and that can be devastating to you, but you just got to keep going. Just go, just do it. Just do it. Cause you can, if you've always wanted to paint, paint, if you've always wanted to sculpt, sculpt and look for someone who can help you to achieve that. I'm always saying to people, I, I moved to Burbank after the earthquake. I wanted to give to Burbank because Burbank was so generous to me. Woman came up with a basket full of coupons and little muffins and things and said, welcome to the neighborhood. I felt like I was in, you know, leave it to beaver, mm. you know, uh, father knows best. I thought, wow, I'm, I'm walking out of a television show. And so I wanted to give back. So Burbank does a float that is self-built. Only six places do self-built floats. It means we build everything from the chassis up. Unlike so for, the for the Rose Parade, for the uh, Tournament of Roses Parade that happens every year, only six build from the chassis up. The rest do the design, have a float building company build it for them, and then they hand decorate. They're all volunteer decorated. But again, it's your wording, decorated. We build from the, Burbank builds from the ground up. So I want to be a part of this. I thought, my gosh, this is amazing. What can I do to help them? And uh, they came over and, uh, and I started to sculpt for them, but I thought it would be better to teach them how to do it because my dream is not to be a sculptor for the Tournament of Roses. As much as I love being a sculptor for the Tournament of Roses, my dream is self-built being able to compete for the awards that all the people who have the decorated floats do. Mm. This was 1996. Now I defy you to be able to tell if it's a self-built float because I taught all six of them how to sculpt. <laughs> and they began to win the big awards. <laughs> And they began to, and it was just so exciting. Well, so there I am doing this, this whole thing with that. And I remember thinking to myself, how, what a blessing it is to be in this and, and do this for this, you know, and teach these people. But then I get this one guy and this one guy comes 
And because I've used his grandson as my model for my 1996 float called Dream Flight, it was a dragon pulling a little boy on roller skates. And the tournament theme was kids, laughter, and dreams. So this man who's older, he was in his, I think he was 60 when he came to me. And he wanted to be a part of it because his grandson was the boy. I had used his boy as the model, Mm -hmm. his grandson as the model. He wanted to be a part of it, didn't know what he wanted to do. So I said, how about you do dragon feet? I'm going to teach you how to sculpt the dragon's feet. And for the float, these are big, you know, (laughs) dragon's feet, two feet long by one foot wide. So he sculpted the dragon feet. And sure enough, when the float goes by, he goes, those are my feet. Those are my feet. Those are my feet. So we lose touch. And this little boy who's three grows up to be 15, 13 to 15. I'm not Jewish, so I apologize. He was having his bar mitzvah. And I was invited to go to the bar mitzvah because the family, I had been in touch with the boy's father, but I had lost track of the grandparents. Mm -hmm. And while I'm teaching you how to sculpt wherever I am, I'm filling your head with this. Why, why not you? If people say, why you, why not you? You know, just because it takes one in a million to be an actor It's one in a million. Why not you be the one? Mm -hmm. Why would you say, okay, yeah, you're right. Never mind. I mean, why not? So when you're sculpting with me, you're not only getting the sculpting experience, but you're getting a heavy dose of you can do anything. People did it for me. I'm passing it on to you. You can do anything. And I will tell you with my heart, you can do anything, but you must not listen to those horrible voices that are there every day telling you, you can't. So he's sculpting the feet and I'm saying to him, you know, you're pretty accurate. You know, this is, is this fun? You're really having a good time. You know, you might consider sculpting. And that's all I say. So we go to this bar mitzvah and because we have it at a restaurant, the Torah or the extremely religious important scrolls that the boy must read from have to be in a blessed casket or container for them to leave the synagogue. So here we are at a restaurant, this beautifully carved uh, container that the boy opens, pulls the Torah out and begins to read and sing from. And at the end, the rabbi says, and we especially want to thank and he names this gentleman for carving. And I go, shut the front door. What? I just don't hear anything after that. The room stretches. Have you ever seen Jaws and when Roy stretches? That's what it was happening to me. And I was just, I couldn't breathe. I couldn't, oh my, oh my, oh my, what? So everybody leaves to go eat and celebrate. And I grab, I see this man. He goes, oh, I'm so glad you're here. And I go, What's that? (laughs) And he goes, oh, oh, Terry. And he grabs my arm and he walks me over and he goes, look what I did. And I said, what happened? And he said, we got to have lunch, but that's because of you. I mean, if you saw this thing, it was unbelievable. He did a foot. You know I mean? If you look at what it is, a dragon foot got you there. That's what I'm talking about. You just don't know this. What inspires you looking at something like that? So I go to lunch 
and he opens his garage. It's full of Jewish artifacts, of those little things you put on the door that I have no idea what their purpose is. And then the the, the finger pointing or the the star and all it, he's got the whole thing, everything carved in his garage out of wood. And he says, for years, I jumped from job to job to job as a young man. I was fired from this. I went to this. I went to that. And he said, then I retired. And he said, little did I know that God was going to send me a dreadlocked angel to teach me what my purpose in life was. And I burst into tears. Wow. Wow. So huge. So huge. It fills you up with so much delight and happiness and thrill for having to be a small light in a dark corner of someone's life that you can't breathe. You just can't breathe. And I wish everyone could feel that because lucky me, I get electrocuted with that almost on a daily basis. Why? Because I put the towel over my arm and say, how can I be a service? Uh, all you have to do is say, thank you. I'm not doing it for any other reason than I want you to know that I have an extraordinary life, but it's not a life that you can't have in your, you can do your life by design as well too. But you have to put that line in the sand and say, no one's going to take it from me. Nobody. Nobody. I don't care who you are. Watch a television show. And like I hated, I still do, that show, what is it, American Idol or Greatest Idol, or where they would just rip people apart. I would put my chin out there and I would take my licks and I would walk away and go, you know what, I'm going to show you because that is baloney. You know, the woman who, uh, I've, what's your name? Boyle. The one from Susan Boyle. Boyle. Wow. Wow. There's an inspiration who sat there and they're laughing at her. They're giggling when she says, I'm going to sing for you. And they're laughing. You can see it. Mm -hmm. And then she slaps every single face with that voice. Pow, 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 pow. Is it a wonder? that it was shared all over the world. Is it a wonder? Because we love that. We love to watch people go, oh, look, at you're a big fat panda. You're a panda. You're a big fat panda. And then he kung fu's your butt and you're, I mean, <laughs> that story, I tell people, you can tell that story to me 20 million times. I will see it every time, which is one of the reasons I watch animation. Mm -hmm. I watch Zootopia because that bunny beats him. I watch Panda because he's a big fat panda who wins. I watch How to Train Your Dragon because one boy wants to adopt dragons, not kill them. Love it, love it, love it. It's your story. It's our story. We are people who, if we make that decision that we are going to do it, we're going to do it. It's only when we give up, you know, a person will say, well, got married, had a family, and my dream had to be put by the side. Well, your kids are in college. They have kids of their own. Pick it up. Pick it up. Don't look at these people who tell you, now you're going to pick it up. Now? You're going to pick it up now? How old was Einstein? Come on. You know, there's, look for reasons Look for people who picked it up late in life, and yet it can be the most, my my guy, you know, a sculptor of wood at 66 years old. Mm -hmm. He retired and said his life began because he was doing the wrong thing for 65 years. 
now he found he's doing the right thing because he's, you know, his wife said she wished he would sell more. (laughs) 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 He's carving like a crazy man now if he'd only sell some of it. Uh, (laughs) But the point is, yeah, that's, that's the most inspiration, inspirational thing I can tell you. And, you know, Google my name. You can find me if you need to shoot me a question or they can do it through your, your site. You want me to come back and answer specific questions for people, uh, coffee chat, uh, Skype, whatever, you know, that's, that's what I want to, that's what I want to do, you know? And, uh, and that's what I've said to people. The only reason that, you know, if you want me to come and speak to you live, that you have to pay a fee for me to do it and you have to put me up and you have to feed me is because I, I'm in demand and I, I have to use a way of, of who gets to go first. So mm-hmm. that's, that's really, or I do, I just, travel on my own time and say, yeah, I'll come here. Yeah, I'll come there. Did it for a while. But then there's so many that, you know, things start to get uh, neglected and I have to pay my visa bill as well. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm taking that from James Malinchek, if he's ever listening, who is someone that, you know, if you Google James Malinchek, there's people that say all kinds of mean things about him. If you Googled it, you'd go, wow, this guy has got a lot of nasty things said about him. That could be true. But he is the one who told me the service story, and he is the one that told me, don't you have to pay your visa bill? So don't believe everything you read. Go and see if this person is someone who might be just what you need to, to understand your life and, and make it good for you. And uh, you can find me. Soon you'll find me on terryharden.com right now. That's a sign up for the pumpkin class. But uh, afterwards, I finally found a web designer that's going to help me get myself together because that's not, you know, delegate. Don't try and do everything yourself. And finally, she's going to make the website something that people can go to and find out ways if they have questions or whatever, they can move forward. So, okay, great. So thank you. That takes us very nicely into and through shameless plug time. Yay! I could sit here and talk to you a lot longer, but we do need to wrap it up. So thank you so much. You're very welcome. You'll come to your studio and yeah. uh, do this in person. And this is a lot Sometimes we'll, at some point, you know, we'll do a visual thing, but you can see some of it because some people use, you know, a film that they, may I film it? Yes. Film it. Whatever. <laughs> you know, so. So thank you for having me. Appreciate it. that brings us to the end of this week's show a very special thank you to terry harden for being my guest and to you for listening now before going on to the usual wrap-up stuff i have an announcement for the time being and i don't know how long this might last stories of the magic is going on what i'll call an incomplete hiatus when i was laid off from my job in july one of my first thoughts was great now i'll have more time to do podcast interviews and producing well as it turns out no At least not at this stage of my life. I've actually had even less time to do it, and that's stressful for me, and it's not fair to you. So here's what incomplete hiatus means. I have no more interviews recorded and none scheduled. Because of other commitments and priorities, I'm not going to actively pursue them for the most part. There are a couple I've been working on scheduling, and I'll continue on them, because frankly, I've put a lot of time and effort into getting those done so far. If I get them done, of course, I'll release them as soon as possible. If circumstances work out for others, I'll do them as I'm able. 
However, whatever I do release will likely have very little processing or editing done to them. I just can't commit to that right now. Stay subscribed though, so as any of them do come out, you'll get them automatically and won't miss out. Also, the existing episodes will remain available to listen to and share. Hopefully things will change to a point where I can come back to this again, because I do love getting to have these conversations and sharing them with you. That may happen in a few months, or a few weeks, or it may be a couple of years. Honestly, it may never happen, though I do hope it does, and frankly, it looks like it's probably going to be at least several months. But I've been surprised both ways before, so we'll see what happens. We will just see what the future holds. And of course, I am still available for those who are listening, who are fellow podcasters and or bloggers or anything like that, that wants to have a guest on your show to talk about Disneyland or to talk about Walt Disney or to talk about the books that I've written. I am certainly very happy to come on and do that at any time that we can get it scheduled. Now, if you're currently doing something because of your love for Disney, you've written a book, created a website, you're blogging, writing, or performing music, art, whatever, and you want to tell people about it and why it matters to you, I still want to hear from you. I also want to talk to and hear from people who've worked for Disney. And if you're a Disney guest of any Disney experience and you've had an encounter or an interaction with a cast member that made some extra Disney magic or had any special Disney experience you want to share or give a compliment or a thank you for anything Disney has done, I'd love to hear from you too. For any of these, email me at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call the listener feedback line at 734-23-STORY and tell me about your experience. As I get stories from you, I can release one-off episodes with them here and there. And if you want to be a guest and we can make it work out, I'll be happy to interview you, as long as you're okay with the change in production. Subscribe to Stories of the Magic in Apple Podcasts, the Xbox Music Store, on the website, Stitcher Smart Radio, or through Google Play Music. If you like the show, please rate and review it in iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or wherever else you listen to the show and can rate it. It still really helps. No matter how long it is between new episodes, the current ones are going to stay available, and rating the show helps people find the older content, too. If you have comments, questions, or suggestions, visit storiesofthemagic.com and leave a comment in the show notes for this or any episode. While you're there, check out the show notes for useful links from each episode, too. Like the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash storiesofthemagic. Follow the show on Twitter at twitter.com slash storiesofmagic and tweet out that you're listening, or pin it on Pinterest. Tell your friends about the show. Keep letting others know that you're listening so they can join in the magic, too. Thank you to all of the guests that I've had over 136 episodes. Thank you to you, the listener, whether you've listened to 136 episodes or this is your first. Whoever you are, whenever you started listening, whatever reason you listen for, thank you for joining me for this episode and all the episodes of Stories of the Magic. There will be other days and other stories, but this tale is finished. You've been listening to Stories of the Magic with Randy Crane. If you have feedback, want to share a story of your own, or even be a guest on the show, write to Randy at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call our listener feedback line 734-23-STORY. 
And don't forget to visit the website, storiesofthemagic.com, for show notes from this and every episode and to leave your comments. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, live your dreams and make the magic in your world.